The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you. Midweek edition. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal is uh, loaded up here. Plenty of dollars and cents to talk here. Some more numbers and specifics here when it comes to Eric Chenander. We'll dive in there. How about a, a running back visiting this weekend? A.J. Allen, come on down. We'll see if that uh, visit turns into a commitment. Numbers to dial us up today, 466-3776-800-825-5865. Can email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Interact that way or on social media. Can do so. Follow me, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, coming up, Mike Babcock in 20 minutes from Hale Varsity. Get Babber's take on a myriad of Nebraska things. Uh, it felt like golf yesterday. Not so today. Mike Shuhart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Shuhart will check in. We'll uh, get the pulse on Nebraska basketball. Andy Markowski will join us at 5. And then open phones before we get to a jock doc on Buda Baker's injury. So there's uh, the numbers there to get in and interact with us. And it wasn't that long ago Mitch Sherman had a, a story out uh, with The Athletic, and Mitch, a dear friend, and we reference him, our uh, Tuesday regular. He made a really good case for why you should look at bumping Coach Chenander, right? There's the prospects of of maybe him looking or wanting to be a head coach. I think that day will come for him. He'll have an opportunity at some point. It isn't the here and now, but uh, let's talk about the numbers that are out. Uh, Hale Varsity, the Journal Star World Herald, all reporting the number, and that is 50K. What's 50 grand mean to you? Well, 50 grand's pretty awesome to me. But when you look at, at the scope of this, uh, the bump being now $850,000 for Coach Chenander, uh, the coach getting a raise after a productive fourth season, and he got that standard one-year extension, that rollover, keeping it under contract through December 31st of 2023. I thought there were some good points to give him a larger raise, and if that day comes, great. Uh, when you think of what's been positive about Nebraska football in the short term, it was the 2021 defense. Uh, the long term, you can look at it as a model of building depth, developing talent, and then it all coming together by a fourth year. 
and that's a a pretty popular and common formula for success in the Big Ten, where you're not going to win, and you're not going to win a lot with a with a bunch of young guys, and you factor in the reality that's been Nebraska transition. That's happened as well. So, if you're Eric Chenander, how do you feel about this? Just gauging the type of dude Coach Chenander is. <clears throat> excuse me. I, I think would it be nice to get more money? Would it be nice to be at the same level of uh, as Coach Whipple, who's not been here before? <laughs> sure. I I don't think Chenander's petty in the sense that he's going to be ticked off that he's still making less despite putting four years of blood, sweat, and tears into this program. Now, what you can look at it as, the beer being half full, oh, I got a new offensive coordinator uh, that's got a plan, that's got a history of success, that has a history of development. There may be a Nebraska offense that helps my defense out in 2022. That's how I'd look at it. Uh, so the, the fact that the, the bump is minimal, is is just a short-term thing. There's also the crowd out there, and we had a few emails on this, going back to the, the, the raised discussion, what's the appropriate number for Coach Chenander. There was factual takes on the fact that, okay, he had a bunch of six-year guys. He had an old defense. That isn't his fault. That's That's a credit to him where he had a bunch of guys come back Six-year guys, super seniors, or guys that could have turned pro as as true juniors, they wanted to come back and, and play for him as a coordinator, as a coach, as a leader on that side of the football, despite a four and eight season and a a, a turnover mess on offense and a, and a mess on special teams. So all the the voices and the actions say to me that there's a, a ton of support. You see it now on uh, on paper with a, a fifty thousand dollar bump and an extension by a year. Uh, you could have could have done more, and you, you have coaching staffs and salaries for the staff continuing to climb, not just for Nebraska, but around college football, even in your own league. Elijah, you're going one of the teams you have to beat eventually is Iowa and, and their assistant coaching numbers along with the extension of Ference is is a reality. And are you being too cheap at Nebraska? I don't think so. Could you spend more? Yeah. But there's a there's an element of, of prove it this season with the defense. Did the cards fall all together for you with the super seniors and the experience? Yeah, but that's how you're gonna win. <clears throat> Coach Jen Anders job now and he knows this, and his defensive staff know this, is to get the the <clears throat> the, the, the the Nash Hutmachers ready for rolls versus just a, a, a few snaps. Is to get Ty Robinson and Casey Rogers ready to rock and roll. Is to keep seeing really good football played by Garrett Nelson and Caleb Tanner. Is to keep having those linebackers. Your two inside guys be dynamite and then find a third or a fourth that can come in and then retool your secondary with uh, a guy that has some experience in Farmer and Newsom, of course. Um, so uh, the, the, the the task is clearly at hand. Maintain or improve, but don't regress defensively.
Yeah, and really, uh, the only thing that the defense lacked last year, and it still seems to be a question mark on the defense, is a pass rusher. There still isn't a guy who you look at on that defense and go, yeah, I- I'm going to trust that this dude is going to get after the quarterback uh, on any given Saturday. That- that's what they lack, but when you look at what Nebraska's done in the transfer portal, I, I think it speaks uh, highly of what of what Chenander thinks of what he's got in his front seven. The fact that uh, Nebraska let uh, two inside linebackers go this offseason and they didn't bring anyone to replace. And they've lost a couple uh, defensive linemen to the draft and they haven't brought anyone in to replace. And it doesn't seem like they've been pushing that hard in the transfer portal aside from that nose guard position. Uh, but everywhere else, it seems like they're happy with the depth that they've uh, they've brought up in that front seven. So I think that 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 speaks a lot to how Chenander has built that that front seven during his time here. And I, I should uh, give credit to the posi- position coaches as well. Um, and it feels like um, with with what talent is there right now, obviously, uh, there's still a long time between now and the season. But mm-hmm. it feels like for the defense, less of a, a rebuild season coming up and more of a reloading season coming up where you're finally giving uh, a chance to these young guys who've been putting in work behind the scenes for the past couple of years. It's their chance to come now and, and step up and shine. And that's what I think uh, I know I am looking forward to seeing is guys that we got to see in limited snaps last season. Now that they have the confidence of the coaching staff where the coaching staff is saying, yeah, the guys ahead of you graduated. We don't feel that we need to bring anybody else in. Let's see what you've got. Uh, we have confidence in you. That, that, that's what that's what gives me confidence going forward uh, with Chenander and his, and his defensive staff. Coach Dawson didn't receive a raise. His salary did jump uh, to five fifty dollars uh, when it hit March 2021. He'll get a hundred thousand dollar retention bonus, which means he'll make six fifty this year, and he'll take on more responsibility with the interior as well as the outside portion of the linebackers. And listen, I, I look at Nebraska, and to me, it's it's real simple with what you get production wise. I think, and I'm not saying he's the next Demario Williams or Terrell Farley. But you've seen ascent. You've seen better flashes. And Chenander's the first to tell you that last sit-down we had with him about the maturity of a Caleb Tanner. I think Caleb Tanner's a guy that's about ready to take off and can get you five and a half, six, seven sacks. And for sure, Garrett Nelson. I mean, Garrett Nelson had a good season. And I think those guys probably played a little bit dinged up. What can you get out of Gifford, right, in that JoJo role? Because that's... You're gonna you're gonna walk away and just smile about what you got to see from JoJo Doman from start to finish, and you're really smiling about what you saw from JoJo, one hand, one paw in all as a senior. He was fun to watch. Kim Taylor Britt was fun to watch when he was healthy. Deontay Williams was fun to watch. You're right on the money about the pass rush. The, the missing ingredient to make this a five-star dish, mm. and then also the takeaway part. Nebraska didn't do what they want to do takeaway-wise. And listen, you saw, you saw more and more snaps once he got healthy from Casey Rogers. He made impacts. He made impact plays. He'd have a TFL or a no-gain or do his job at a high level. He just wasn't on the field often enough because of the depth you had to, to do it on a full-time basis. His jump is from part-time to full-time. And you saw Ty Robinson have some plays. And you saw him, again, in spot duty two years ago, really kind of emerge. Well, it was his first time as a full-time guy last year. Now you build on that. And, man, he can have a special season next year. This isn't to keep pouring kegs of Kool-Aid down your throat. I'm saying that when you talk about 
what all needs to happen for Nebraska Scott Frost this next season. A lot of it is defense. Think about it all coming together like a lot of air quote normal football teams where you have a defense you can depend on. You're going to have games in the season where your offense is flatlining. You're going to have games during a season where your defense is getting just bludgeoned and you're going to have the occasional miscue where you miss a field goal or a team in a really critical moment of the football game starts out with really good field position for a game-winning drive because they have a return guy that makes a play. Okay, Guys are going to make plays. You're not going to be Alabama or, or Georgia or pick a team that's going 13-1 and one every year. We're talking about a football program that is trying to get to 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five or better in this fifth season. You have a defense that needs to be around that 20 to 21 point number. If you're in the teens, even better. You need an offense that's going to get you cranked up to, to 30. 30 is the magic number in the Big Ten. Everyone's scoring more points, even in the three yards in the cloud of dust Big Ten. But that, that's your magic number. The, the, the games that Nebraska's been right there, they've been on the verge of 30. They didn't get over the 30. And usually you factor in a couple of turnovers or disastrous moments. And then uh, this part of it, too, uh, you, you look at all the points you lost on special teams. Nebraska football, if they get good to competent special teams play, shave off three points allowed per game. Let's just for fun do that, right? Because you gave up about 50 points in special teams last year in a slew of one-score games. Uh, defensively, you get a little bit better. Maybe you get a takeaway more or that key third and eight sack, right, where you force somebody to punt and you actually have a return game. And then you get an offense that can run the football when they want to, when you know they're going to run the football and still make make it happen in the trenches, hold on to the football and, and not turn it over. So I look at this as – uh, a lot of things to do, a big to-do list. But you've got options at quarterback. You're figuring out the running back situation. The key thing here is get your offensive line figured out and then hope the defense continues to grow and progress that way. And, Assistant coach staff-wise, real quick last thought, uh, you know, you've been blessed for, for decades with all the incredible assistants that, that Devaney had, all the big-time assistants that T.O. had, and you really didn't have a lot of turnover. And, and Scott Frost now has some turnover. He's on his third offensive coordinator. You're on your second O-line coach. Okay. Uh, you lost to Iote. So, but, but you've gained, you've added guys that, that are, are quite frankly potentially game-changing when it comes to bringing in talent and uh, assessing talent and then developing talent. When you get a guy like Bush and Mickey Joseph in here and perhaps an Applewhite, that, that sounds like a pretty good mixture for me. Keep the assistance here. You still have a Chenander. You still have a Dawson. And you've added two more. So things, the arrow, the feel. I know it's the off season and it's national title off season. <laughs> Kidding. But it, it sounds all right. The 50K is low, but I get it. And, and everyone's saying... Uh, I mean, you hear all the, all the talk of uh, the importance of Whipple and, and Joseph, but let's not discount the importance of Raiol and what he has to do this season. You talked about the offensive line. Uh, I would even go as far as say if the defense takes a small step back next season, you can still have better results. You can survive. With better offensive line play and better special teams. 
It's the Big Ten, and the fundamentals matter, and that's the, the, the two areas where Nebraska really struggled last season was offensive line, getting consistency from them, and just any semblance of life from the special teams at times. If the, you can improve those two areas, the defense doesn't even have to play as well as they did last season. It'll take pressure off of them uh, for a younger defense, which is going to be most likely uh, getting better as the season goes on with a lot of young kids getting snaps. Uh, what, what you need is an offensive line uh, that can step up with some transfers coming in uh, and they can gel quickly and you just special teams, consistency from that. Our old buddy Steve Marek uh, reporting this, and uh, it's a quote tweet from uh, Susan Miller-Deegan. She covers Arizona State. So there was, there was the potential for Nebraska. We talked defensive line. Uh, the uh, defensive tackle transfer from Miami, Nesta Jade Silvera. It sounds like he is going to go see O'Herm because he's playing to win the game. Arizona State is the front runner right now. And uh, per this tweet, it sounds like with ASU uh, classes underway last week, it sounds like Silvera is uh, set to begin classes at Arizona State. So Nebraska missing out on a would-be Miami defensive line transfer. We'll keep unpacking here. Mike Babcock's on the way with Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for your time. Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Get the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Hale Varsity Radio. And it doesn't cost you anything to subscribe. Give us a rating, good, bad, or ugly. Take us with or hear us live. We welcome in historian, author, Hall of Famer, Mike Babcock at MD Babs on Twitter. Babbers, what do you know? You stay in, you stay in heated, bud. Yeah, trying to, trying to. Here at uh, one day it's sixty degrees, and the next day it's what twenty or something. That, um, <laughs> it's a wild that swing. Yeah, take some adjustment here. It's like you're you're playing the whole season, and then against a particular kind of offense, then you play the wishbone in the last game. <laughs> That's so good. How That's do you adjust? Perfect comparison. You know, it's, it's spread football for eight weeks out of the year, and here come the service academies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike, uh, I thought here we were talking some some numbers here, and specifically Chenander. He got bumped. He got extended. And, you know, I could hear the argument for a little larger bump based on the job he's done and the kids that came back to play for him. And we've seen development and growth and progress from the defensive side of the ball. As you look at it right now, before we get into to spring spring, do you think the defense can, can maintain uh, going into this next season? They, they were good. They they were really good in comparison to what they've been, right, when we talk context. But overall, what's your gut tell you here as a, as a prediction going forward with this defense? Can they be as good as they've been? Boy, you know, they 
the key guys, like like you've mentioned. Um, well, yeah, I guess that's the purpose. You know, you you want to continue to get better, and and you've got a good uh, defensive coordinator, I think. And and uh, you know, I, the, the whole the whole thing with Lowry just kind of boggles my mind too. I don't really understand it. Um, you bring in an offensive coordinator who's now the highest paid off, highest paid coordinator in Husker history. He's making more than the defensive coordinator who had a pretty good season last year. Uh, he's making more than the associate head coach, who is uh, uh, Mickey Joseph, who, who they brought in. Um, it just—I just don't understand, you know, how that how that all works, um, you know, how you determine it. Then certainly it, it's it's beyond me. You know, you don't you're going to do certain things to try to be successful, obviously. And Scott Frost is in a position where you got to have some success, or people are going to start talking about his job, but. Um, yeah, I, I think that the defense, on paper, you look at it and say, well, the guys that they lost, you know, that's probably a question. But you, you mentioned some guys, you know, Casey Rogers and and uh, uh, Garrett Nelson, I think, is, is, is going to have a, a great year. Caleb Tanner, um, you got some guys uh, coming in. Uh, I think they have, I think they have, well, it's hard to say because the secondary is, a, you know, you got to replace that secondary. That's that's the thing, probably. That's the biggest concern for me is is how do you replace all those guys? Because you had a pretty talented secondary. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in the spring if they can do that. If they can get some, if they can get some pieces in place and people can step up in the secondary, um, I think they'll be okay. It remains to be seen, Mike. Uh... I guess who is going to be the uh, the people stepping up, filling the shoes. But I want to go back to that 2021 defense uh, that we saw this past season. And, and, and would you think, or would you say it's fair to say that that defense was a, a return towards uh, a, a true black shirt defense that we've seen uh, in years past in Nebraska? It didn't really feel like Nebraska had a black shirt defense in the Mike Riley era or, or the early years of uh, of Scott Frost tenure. But was last year a return to that that black shirt mantra? Well, it was moving in that direction, but you know, for, from for somebody that, you know, saw the black shirts when they were really the black shirts, um, uh, you know, it, there's still ways to go, I think, for that. But the the game has changed dramatically, too. You know, we've talked about that. Um, and, uh, you know, what was once a good defense, you know, you had some defenses that were really limiting uh, yardage and points and whatever. And now with the offenses that you see uh, teams playing, you you uh, you're going to have to to amend that expectation of of your defense, I think, to some extent. But uh, yeah, moving in that direction is what I would say. You hit on it so perfectly that that amended expectation. You're not lowering the bar. You've just got a different playing field uh, when it comes to college football where points per game allowed i mean you have georgia up there and they were what maybe in the maybe in the teens right and then you had uh who else cincinnati's defense and then even i I, when i look at defenses that just kind of wowed me this year i look at, at michigan state they had a really good unit uh, maybe not statistically, but you know, eleven and two speaks for itself to me. And then I really think of Michigan, specifically what they had coming in off the edge, right? I mean, uh, you had Hutchinson and Ajabo 
when push came to shove, they were going to go murder your quarterback on third and nine. That's that's the element for me with Nebraska. Can they continue to develop somebody to finally pop there? Or is it going to be just scheme and creativity? Because that is the million-dollar question. I think that helps either maintain what she did last year or maybe take into a whole new realm of, oh, yeah, you, you continue steps forward. Yeah, and, and you also have to consider, you know, the, the offense as it helps the defense yes. not turning the ball over and putting the defense into situations sometimes that uh, Nebraska found itself. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you, you gave good examples of, of defense, um, what you kind of would like to see, and it – you know, it kind of begins with getting that pressure on the outside, being able to to make the quarterback uncomfortable. Um, uh, that's a good place to start, and that's uh, that's one of the things that you look at the other side of the of the coin. And you guys mentioned this earlier: offensive line has got to keep the keep the quarterback uh, clean for one thing, and open some holes for the running backs for another. Babber's going to switch gears from football to baseball for a moment, and. About a month away from Husker baseball and Will Bolt and excited to see his kids, not kids anymore, but they're, they're, they're a lot of fun and they were dynamite as they got hot and went into to Fayetteville. You've got a bit of a switch here. The original home schedule against San Diego State, that venue's now Arlington uh, the first few days of March. Makes sense, doesn't it, based on how temperamental, back to the original topic, weather uh, is in Lincoln? Yeah, yeah. Uh... 60 degrees one day, 20 degrees the next. We've already seen it here uh, the last two days. Um, yeah, that, that that makes sense, I think. And get an opportunity to, to get four games in. Um, I, I, to me, that, that made sense. And, and you've got, I think there's a lot of uh, excitement and expectation um, uh, for Husker baseball. And, and so there's probably... People that are disappointed, it's like, well, you know, I would have liked to see that San Diego State series or whatever to start the season. But you got plenty of games in March uh, at home scheduled already. So, you know, that's not going to that's not going to detract, I think. Mike, uh, let's go to the NFL. And uh, have you uh, dove in with a lot of Lincoln and surrounding Nebraska communities buying your Cincinnati gear? Well, yeah, I I uh, I kind of. Uh, from afar, I'm kind of was rooting for Cincinnati, obviously because of uh, Zach. I mean, I it just um, he, he was really a good uh, a good person in a, in addition to a good player. And I always think of the irony of it, you know, that he was basically brought in here just to to push uh, other guys. And what was the hot shot from? from Florida that uh, came in here. That's uh, Jay Moore's favorite buddy, uh, Harrison Beck. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot his name already. Uh, Harrison Beck was always a good interview. It was always something different. But, yeah, uh, it was. That's <laughs> uh, one way to put he, it. He wasn't averse to talking. But uh, that was kind of, you know, Zach was running kind of to just push him. And Zach ends up being the, the uh, Big 12 player of the year and, and taking that team to the uh, uh, Big 12 championship game. So, um, and, and, and like I said, on top of that, he was a, he was a good person. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I was, I was pulling for Cincinnati and I'll, I'll probably pull for Cincinnati, um, again this weekend. I just would like to see the, the Bengals do well because of, uh, because of Zach. 
Um, I'm I'm but, absolutely with you on on Zach and as good as he's been to us and obviously the Burrow connection with Jimmy. I mean, I love the crowd shot, Mike, where there's Jimmy and Jamie and they're all, you know, park it up in, in the crowd, just just sitting there in the in, in you know the family section, freezing, watching Joe do his thing. Yeah, yeah, former Husker and former Husker coach, and you know. Uh, uh, Jimmy played here and coached here, and Jamie and Dan Burrow, and you, you got all you got all that stuff with the Burrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you got Big Sue and Levante David are still playing, and the uh, Eagles are done. But I, you know, Jack Stoll got a mention well. the other day on TV. Um, you know, there are Huskers uh, that are still involved, and it's it's kind of difficult, you know, from that standpoint to to say, well, I'm for this team or that team. But I'm, I'm really, because of Zach, I'm, I'm really for Cincinnati. I'd like to see them uh, go all the way. Probably not going to happen. But No, well, uh, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to see him get down to, to Arrowhead. I might have to, to, to kidnap you and take a roadie down to Arrowhead for that <laughs> AFC title game. Boy, wouldn't, that be a, wouldn't that be a game? Uh, and what an accomplishment that, uh, that he's, that, uh, you know, in, in three years he's put him in this position. Mike, though, if you're thinking with your your head instead of your heart, who do you think is your uh, your Super Bowl favorite as the, the playoff stand right now? Uh, right now, probably the the Packers mm-hmm. uh, or the Buccaneers. Um, those would be the two. I I saw the odds, and it looked like uh, Kansas City was uh, after the Packers. I think Kansas City was the one that uh, had the best odds of coming out on top. But uh, you know, the Packers. Um, certainly have a have a uh, a good shot at it in in my opinion um not that i'm necessarily a big packers fan but uh yeah that that probably would be my my choice if i had to say something i'm not, I'm not good on picking stuff no, like you're that. good are you uh are you feeling okay about 30 seconds here with your niners uh yeah, I think uh, I think they've probably gotten about as far as they're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it, Mike. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get caught up next weekend. Thanks for your time, as always. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. All right, good stuff from Mike Babcock, historian, author, Hall of Famer, and uh, you read him with Hale Varsity Magazine, HaleVarsity dot com. We'll get the uh, full interview. The Babbers posted on the uh, on-demand section, ESPNLincoln.com. Also, the Twitter feed, ESPNLincoln. Uh, some golf thoughts, and he'll have a basketball take or two. Mike Schuhart's next with Wilderness Ridge. Hail Varsity a Wednesday. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hail Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code gbr for ten dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr and now and now back to hail varsity radio about 25 minutes away, we'll check in with Andy Markowski. 
Get his thoughts on Husker men and obviously how the women are doing. Uh, another great uh, night for his daughter, Alexis. We welcome in with Wilderness Ridge Golf, Mike Shuhart. Shuey, I can tell you the number of folks putting right now, but how many folks were putting out at Wilderness Ridge yesterday? Uh, quite a few, man. It was just beautiful out yesterday. Felt like a summer day yesterday in the middle of winter. We'll take those. Yeah, and uh, you'll, you'll you'll cope with a, a a warm bowl of soup and probably one of the fireplaces there in the lodge, and, and you're just staying warm right now. Very much so. A little, little different day today than yesterday, so but that's all right. And every nice day we get in the winter, that means one less day and one day closer to spring in no. golf season. So no, absolutely. We'll dive into the American Express in, in a moment, but Shuey, I always love to get your feedback and take on, on all things Nebraska. You're a diehard Husker, and uh, basketball's just been so tough to stomach and uh, kind of more of the same in just lack of execution or understanding or wanting to understand time and space with shot selection against Indiana. And I know Ohio State looms, but... <sighs> If you're a betting man, does Nebraska get a win? Do you think they find one or two or three Big Ten wins, or do you think there's a, a reality, a danger that they lose out? Oh, I don't know how they don't lose out. I mean, they're they're going to find every way possible to lose a game. I mean, that game last that last game was a game that was right there. I mean, Indiana didn't have their best player on the court in the end of the game, uh, and they still found a way to lose a game to two of their best players, you know? So it's like, I, I just, I don't see a win in their future. I just don't know who they're going to beat. You know, not the way they play because they, each week is the same. I mean, they make the same mistakes. They do the same things uh, week after week. And until that changes and you actually make right decisions or right plays at the right time, that, that's what gives you a chance to win. You don't seem to do that. You know, you got, man, you got too many individual ball players out there and you can't win as an I, you have to win as a we. They just don't, you know, they don't play that way. Is it more about lack of buy-in or just that individual ego being too strong? I think you just, when you assemble a team of a new team every year, bringing guys in, bringing guys in, you know, you, you never develop a culture and you never develop a team. You don't have enough time for each player to kind of understand and know where their role is. You know, everybody's trying to do the thing that wins the game for them. And, and by doing that, no one's doing the right thing to win a game. You know, everybody's trying to win it individually and you can't. I mean, Verge, man, I thought he was – auditioning for the Harlem Globetrotters. I mean, he'd dribble it down, dribble around his circle. I was waiting for a hook shot from half court. I mean, that's craziness. Yeah. I can just see you throwing your remote, man. I can just see you got one of them foam bricks, don't you? I do, actually. <laughs> Mike, you can complain about the, the team all you want, but at the end of the day, it's, it's Hoiberg who assembled the team. So I want to get your take on, on how hot Fred Hoiberg's seat should be right now. I mean, that thing should be on fire. I mean, it's like, if it's not, come on, you haven't won a game. I mean, look at his record. I mean, if, you're, if your fanny is not just burning up, I, I don't understand why. I mean, you... You were hired to come to a D1 division program. And I don't, I don't 
care about the excuse as well. It's not a basketball program. It's not this. That doesn't give you the okay to go over. Come on. I mean, you have to show some semblance of your ability to coach, put a team together, get guys to do what they're supposed to do and play basketball. I mean, I don't see any of that. I mean, it's how you go over and be okay. That makes no sense to me. I buyout is buyout though, and and that's a reality. You know, I just wonder if it come into the season, Shuey, if it's not a similar situation to Frost, where you restructure the deal, and there's, I don't know if there's suggestion, but there's some self suggestion on taking a hard look at your staff. Uh, I think you have to do a couple things. One is, and I mean. Fred's responsible as well. He's the most responsible. So it's like that, that's the part that frustrates me. It's like if, if his $18.5 million buyout is what the problem is of them not getting rid of him, and, and Fred's going to be, okay, I have that holding over your head, and I'm still going to keep coaching and go winless. I mean, half of that's on him. I mean, half of that's on us being stupid to give him that kind of money and not hold him accountable for it, but half of that's on him being okay. I'm just going to go winless for the next three years until I'm done. Come on. When you take responsibility for what it is that you were actually hired to do, you know, now he's holding them hostage. You got him over the barrel. And if he's, if he's going to hold them hostage that way, that's not right. Shuey, let's talk Phil Mickelson, uh, the American Express hosted by Phil. What are your expectations for Phil in 2022? I mean, Phil is incredibly talented. Obviously, age has something to do with your ability, but age is only time, you know, mm-hmm. longevity of, of playing a full season. I, Phil's not in it for a full season doing that. I mean, Phil has kept himself in great shape, probably the better, best shape he's ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's super talented. So any week, I mean, and he proved that last year, you know, in a major championship, is that he can get ready and play for four days. You know, now if he had to do it for a whole season and try to sustain that, probably not. You know, Father Time has a tendency to do that to us. But for four days, playing at the level that he needs to play at, which he still can do, especially as talented as he is, man, you could. it would not surprise me to win. Phil is, is somewhat in a Tiger category. You know, Tiger's probably one of the best ever, but Phil's right there. I mean, look at his record. I mean, it speaks for itself. Mike Schuart's with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Shuey out of the course right now. Phil had that magic with the PGA Championship. It was amazing, and the way you put it, he can load up for specifics and and really gear up. Shuey, uh, about a minute and a half here, a little less. Tell folks what's happening out at Wilderness. I know you've got the indoor facility going on and all sorts of construction that continues to get worked on for an incredible unveil here coming up this spring. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I mean, uh, I'm sitting here kind of looking out the window and watching them. They're out working today, so they keep working every day. So it's coming. It's starting to take shape. So it's, it's going to be really spectacular when it's done. Super exciting. And uh, our indoor academy has been rocking you know, with the snow, and so it gives people a chance to still get in and practice and, and keep their game sharp throughout the winter. So it, it's been a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of membership inquiries. So it's been pretty active here 
in the supposedly a downtime in golf. So uh, it's been exciting for us. Mike, any off-season work with the Divot Dogs? Uh, I got a few in there that I keep sharp throughout the winter, so get them ready for when Divot Dogs start. They'll be ready. Chewy, we love it. I want to hear more about uh, Gary the Shark or whatever the hippo. I mean, we've got to hear about the new <laughs> inflatable mascot that the Divot Dogs uh, right. blitz every day. Chewy, have a great week. Stay warm, buddy. Get that nice weather back uh, back your way soon for some more winter golf, and we'll do this again, bud. All right. Stay safe. Thank you, you for having me. Appreciate you, bud. There he is, Mike Shuard with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. We'll wind down Hour 1, Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, a new 30 for 30. We'll get into the tuck rule, and this is going to be pretty cool uh, with Charles Woodson and Tom Brady sitting down to watch the whole ball game. We'll detail that. We'll dive into you know, some fixes, if they're possible. They're always possible with Nebraska basketball. Andy Markowski, 10 minutes away. Reminder about buckling up. Games and uh, coaches, specifically in games, make substitutions during the contest to get the best player on the field. Getting behind the wheel after drinking also demands a substitution. Sober, sober drivers are the only choice. A DUI costs more than you think. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Numbers to get in, uh, 466-3776 or 800-825-5865. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And can email Chris at Varsity. Dot com. Pretty interesting discussion, though, to start the show here when it comes to dollars and cents with uh, Coach Chenander and uh, his uh, raise. That number maybe not as as big as some of us maybe thought, but hey, you get the extension. He's still here for a year, and uh, Nebraska has a new look on the assistant side of things, and uh, time will tell how it gets put together for this upcoming season, winter conditioning, and then spring ball for sure. Excited for that uh, on the horizon. So, uh, Henry, King Henry is going to be back for Tennessee. The first uh, hurdle cleared with his protocol to be back. He's been gone for quite a while with the foot issue. And he is, Tennessee's been really good. I mean, obviously, understatement of the year. Tannehill is not thought of or put on a pedestal, but that guy is incredible at, at play action, can spin it, and you get Henry back, and they've been winning with defense and enough offense anyway. Cincinnati comes calling, and uh, that fracture was pretty brutal. And, and it's quite remarkable, to be honest with you, uh, when we think of November 1st to now with Henry back in action. He is so good. He's so talented. He's so fast. And, of course, that offensive line for Tennessee is something special uh, to go with their defense. So uh, he is a big-time difference maker. Tennessee has survived and, quite honestly, played better than expected without him. But you get him back. You get him rested. Here's what the, the reality is about Derrick Henry. He's a Bama back. All right? So Bama backs come into the NFL with, we're, we're say they're the, 
they're the outlier leased vehicle that's an SUV that has 65,000 miles on it because you're going to play hurt, you're going to play injured at Alabama. And I think that's why he went as late as he did in the NFL draft. We see what kind of back he is with that size and speed combo. But he's he's so good at downhill, and he's a lot of fun to watch. Tennessee's a squad that that I don't hate watching. I really appreciate him. But it just happens to be that it's kind of the adopted team for a lot of Nebraska, if you're not a Chiefs fan invades music city this weekend they, they feel like a team that's built to win the, win in the playoffs though strong rushing attack a uh, quarterback that protects the ball pretty well and has some good targets on the outside and a stingy defense yeah i mean that's they don't even have to pack they get to host uh throughout as the one seed as long as they keep winning Andy markowski's on the way thoughts on the new espn 30 for 30 the tuck rule ball game coming up hour two Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity dot com backslash subscribe promo code gbr welcome to hail varsity radio the voice of husker nation insight opinion expertise with the biggest and best names talking nebraska across the state join the show on twitter at hail varsity and at schmitz underscore radio call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865 here's chris schmitz Welcome to it. It's Hour 2, Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We say hi to the pride of Ord. Husker standout Andy Markowski with us. Talk some big red basketball and get into some of the Husker women's action as well. Andy, what's new? How's your Wednesday? It is a cold one, Schmitty. <laughs> but other than that, uh, good. Got a little basketball tonight and uh, right in the, the, the thick of uh, – Conference girls, boys, and, and high school here, so I love it. I will be headed to the Pious Gym Friday night. That's my Friday night game, and uh, we'll get into some high school thoughts with you as well. But, yeah, dude, stay stay warm. I mean, I, I assume uh, when you have a little bit of downtime, which is minimal, you're probably out working on your, your approach game when it's 61 degrees in, in January. Uh, maybe you have time for it. Maybe you don't. But when we look at Nebraska basketball, and, and when we when we reach the conclusion, when this finish line is met by Nebraska basketball 2021-2022, are we going to look back at this thing and say the biggest single issue of many issues with this team is chemistry? Was chemistry? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I, you know, there, there's times that better. I, I think. You know, in, in my, um, you know, to sum it up, you know, it's multifactorial, but mm-hmm. I, I just think that they've lacked the, the physicality. Um, and and that, that can come from, you know, maybe being positionally small, not being big enough, you know, which is a recruiting issue, or, or maybe Fred didn't install, you know, enough toughness, you know, into this group. Um, so I don't 
think chemistry, you know, by itself. I mean, I think the team likes each other. They don't, you know, always play great together, which which can happen. Um, but I, I think the the thing that they're lacking the most is just a, a physicality, which you know, which includes a, a toughness to to win games and, and you know in in some of these close losses it's just to close games you know down the stretch they've been in four or five big 10 games but just the, the lack of ability to to get a key rebound or, or hit a key shot or hit a couple key free throws you know which which goes into that kind of that physicality and toughness bucket um as i evaluate it can you at this point in the year fix that no, I, I I think they've improved. I, I think post, uh, you know, I, I think Coach Hoiberg was was probably embarrassed with the with the Auburn and Michigan and a few of the fr- uh, pre Christmas losses. Where I, I do think they made a, an effort to get tougher, um, to, to maybe restructure some practices, to to build some accountability on the defensive side, rebounding. Um, so they they have made progress, but. Um, you know, to, to fix it in a league that that is really good and a schedule that's difficult uh, is, is hard. Um, but you got to keep trying. I mean, that, that's that's coaching, and, and um, you know, there's times that you know I felt like their shot selection, playing through Walker, they, they've done some things that have made themselves more competitive. Um, but th- but then there's games like Rutgers where you know it, it was you know looked like a JV team uh, against the varsity team in terms of the the physicality and the size difference um, and, and you can't you can't fix that not not in a season it takes you know a recruiting class or a new approach to, to to the type of players you need to win in the Big Ten. Put yourself in Fred's shoes for a second. You've coached Division One basketball. You you played at it and went to NCAA tournaments. If you were to hit reset in in different ways this next season, you know, what would you reassess uh, as far as moving forward to, to make sure you're, you're not trying to get over that, that single digit win season, right? I mean, you're, you're trying to, to be competitive, not only in the league, but for, for postseason. Uh, and you've brought in what looks like on paper, High-level talent, some high school kids, and a lot of JUCO transfers, and a lot of portal guys. But you know, how would you try and skin the cat, so to speak, for a fourth season? Yeah, and I, I think that's mentally the biggest question I have is is you know we're in year three. Um, you know, I felt like there was a good blend this year of some high school kids. Uh, you know, with with, with Wilhelm and. And McGowan's, and you mix that in with a couple new uh, talented transfers in Verge, and and, and really trying to fit it together, and it, and it didn't work. So you're gonna you're gonna turn over the roster again. You know what what does that mean? Who's staying? Who's going? Uh, I I don't I don't know the answer to that. Right? I mean I know Coach Hoyberg probably has a inclination of of which kids will, will probably leave. Uh, but you're in a straight rebuild mode again. I I, I do like a few of the. You know the freshmen they, they've signed in a, a couple of the twenty twenty twos. One just got to campus. You know I, I think some of those are talented, but you're not going to show up in the Big Ten and and win with with young kids. So so you're going to go back to the, the the transfer market and and you know you look at Minnesota. They were able to add uh, you know a couple key uh, transfers in the in the portal that helped them. Um, you know, just the right pieces to the puzzle. And I, I think that is the challenge that they have is how do they build 
a, a team that can be competitive in the Big Ten without starting over, you know, every year or every other year. Because I, I think the fans have given them a pass uh, up to this point. But if if they have to go through that again, you know, you have to ask yourself how how patient you are as as a fan and, and as an with a new AD that didn't hire Fred. You know, how how patient is is Trev going to be uh, with another rebuild? And and those are are hard questions. And you know, I I still thought they played really hard. Um, you know, in their last loss, um, so uh, to you know, Indiana. I thought they played hard in the Illinois game. Those are the things I'm looking for because it, it appears that Fred is still connected to this group. And as a coach, that that's all you can do is have a team that that believes in your message and and doing the things that they think they need to do to be competitive. You know, if that goes away towards the end of the year, um, I, I would be concerned that that we can rebuild and and fix it moving forward with without a complete two or three year uh, rebuild again. And, and I, I don't know if anybody has the patience for that. Andy, I want to ask you about the, the difference between the, the Tim Miles era and the, the Hoiberg era, but it's not really fair to Hoiberg to be able to compare, you know, apples to oranges between uh, what he has now and what Tim uh, Miles had a, a few years ago. And one of those reasons is because it seems like the, the Big Ten as a whole is more competitive top to bottom now than it was in the Tim Miles era. I know there were some good Big Ten teams during the Tim Miles era, but right now it feels like you got nine teams of just straight killers in the Big Ten right now. Uh, is, that a, is that a fair assessment? And how do you rebuild in a conference like this where it feels like every single game you're going up against another top 25 team? Yeah, I, I don't know the exact uh, strength of, you know, each year with with, with Coach Miles. Um, you know, certainly the Big Ten has, you know, historically been a, a good league. You know, they, they moved from 18 games to 20 games, which, you know, is – you know, adds to the difficulty of, of, of winning, right? I mean, we could schedule two more non-conference wins from a, a record perspective. Um, so certainly uh, the league was tough when, when, when Coach Miles was here. It's, you know, it, it, it might be deeper, you know, now, uh, you know, to your point, there's, there's just not a lot of wins on the schedule. We were talking about this yesterday. Where do you, where do you look for a, a win when you look at the schedule? And unfortunately, everybody probably points to Nebraska as the only game that they feel like is a, you know, which is embarrassing for us to to, to be that that school. Um, you know, so it, it's hard. It's a it's a hard job. I, I think Fred has uh, upgraded that that the talent. Uh, there's no question that you know outside of of Coach Miles kind of catching lightning in the bottle in the month of February and winning eight games in a row in 2014 and getting to the tournament. You know these teams are more talented than than some of the kids that 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 he had. Um, but I'll give Tim credit. I, I felt like they were more organized and, and played harder. And and I think Tim, you know, had a program plan. Um, he he just couldn't get over the hump with with talent. I, I think Fred has been able to attract talent, but not fit it together in a schematic way that can be competitive in the Big Ten. So they they uh, you know in, end of the day neither won enough to. To uh, to gain respect in the Big Ten, and, and when you don't win, kids don't want to come to your program. So it it just goes back to, you know, you you can sell the future and you can sell hope, but when you're in year five of that, uh, hope and and all that kind of goes out the window. At, at that point, people kind of see that you haven't got it done and are probably reluctant to to sign up and 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 come to a school that you know maybe they could make a difference. They're just going to choose to to go to another school. So you're you're back to that same spot that we're in. Andy Markowski is with us, Husker Basketball Thoughts, Sale Varsity Radio. What's your take on Bryce's game? What have you seen from him as he has 
uh, moved through this freshman season? Yeah, I, I think he's had a really good freshman year. I mean, you look at his stats, and you know he's shooting over eighty percent from the three. Um, you know, there, there's times that I, I think he he settles a little bit, but that's not atypical of, of a young player. He's trying to expand his game. Uh, when he takes good threes, um, you know, he shoots at a much higher percent. I, I, I think he's shooting in the in the mid twenties right now, which you know is not not terrible um, for you know for for a young player. Um, you know, his assists are, are, are I, I wish he would, would create more for teammates. Uh, I think he has that ability. I think his assist to turnover ratio is, is kind of inverse that it's, you know, two turnovers to every one assist and, and you wish you could at least be, you know, one to one there, but, but it's hard. It's hard for freshmen, uh, to come in. Uh, you know, teams are really sitting on his right hand, which makes it even harder to get downhill. Um, uh, but man, he makes some terrific athletic plays. I mean, he just glides around the court, um, you know, certainly, uh, you know, a, a top talent in the country as a freshman. You know how that projects uh, and when it projects to the NBA. I, I you know, I don't know that, mm-hmm. but he, um, you know, I, I think, you know, when, when you when you see five stars, I, I think you expect somebody to come in and, and lead you to a championship. And you know, the Big Ten has a lot of five star kids that enter the league. Uh, but I'll give him credit. He's, you know, he keeps improving. I, I think his defense at times has gotten better it's it's still a deficiency but um you know so far as a, as a freshman his his scoring and rebounding and production has, has been really good last thought on the men here andy uh, who, who is the the leader of this team is, is it is it the players is is it a is it a kobe is it a is it a is it a Trey McGowan's who's now back from injury or if we don't know is is it fred's job to enforce uh, and and kind of demand what he wants because that we talk about winning plays and we talk about shot selection and rebounding and some little things. It's it, it just doesn't seem like it's it's as consistent as it needs to be. Yeah, I, I, all great teams are player led. I mean, you know, a, a coach has to develop you know leaders and, and guys that you know are, are an extension to, to what they want out on the court at practice off the court. Um, you know, I don't think this team is is that. I, I, I do think Trey McGowan's, if you were to ask me, you know, who who has the most leadership capabilities, who looks like a leader out there uh, when they speak, uh, you know, how do people react uh, to them? Um, you know, losing Trey, I, I think, hurt this team. Um, whether or not they have two, three, four more wins, I, I don't know that. But I, I do know losing Trey affected them because I, I don't think they were – you know, cohesive group. So, you know, certainly, you know, coach-led teams are are important. I mean, as coach, that's your job is to is to build a a program and build a culture. Um, but the the great teams are all player-led. Um, if you know, if you go back to the '90s, Nebraska football, and you ask any of those guys, you know, when when Teron and I were uh, at Nebraska, you know, when when coaches don't have to to beg you or or beg players to do things, and, and it's and it's policed within a team. Uh, th- those are the best teams that um, that I, I've been a part of and, and have witnessed. So um, you know, I, I think it's up to the, the coaching staff to lay that foundation and help leaders grow. But you know, in the end, it's a long season, and, and, and players you know uh, have to lead. And you know, this group doesn't. You know, have enough, or there hasn't been enough uh, time together, or, or, or time on campus with each other to, to be a, really a cohesive group. And I think that times it shows.
Andy, let's talk about the Husker women. A great ball game for Alexis, 6-7 from three. Tough one against Iowa. Rutgers looms here. Uh, tell me a little bit here, about a minute and a half or so, about the, the matchup for the Nebraska women here against Rutgers. Well, I don't know if you read, but they, uh, they're they postponing the game due to uh, Nebraska I internal COVID. Clearly uh, didn't situation. read that. Did that just come down? Forgive me. Yeah, on that. no, it just, just kind of hit. Um, and, uh, you know, I probably knew about it before even the Twitter. I don't even know when it, when it went public. But, yeah, unfortunately, uh, when you test a bunch of uh, – Healthy asymptomatic players, uh, just due to them going back to school. It's a kind of a UNL deal. I, I think they had some some positive cases. Not that anybody was aware that they had COVID. Uh, Thursday's game, and I don't know much other than that. But um, you know, hopefully they they can get everybody uh, through the through the safety protocol and 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 back and get their season, you know, going again shortly after the the postponement of the Rutgers game but yeah Chris the Iowa game was tough you know hard hard place to play I thought you know minus Josh Shelley that was in the COVID protocol and Sam Havey that was hurt um they they played as you know uh as well as you can expect a young group to play on the road but you know it's uh, it's a tough league like the men they're Owen or lost their last three uh which you know two were to a top 20 Iowa team and one to a top five Indiana team but you got to you got to find a way to win again, and uh, you know hopefully they get it back on the tracks. Eddie, thanks for the update, man, and go get him for hoops tonight. All right. All right, thanks, Smitty. Okay, Thank congrats you. on your uh, sportscaster award. That's awesome. Hey, Congratulations. Bud. Appreciate you, Andy. Right. Thanks so yeah. much. Bye. Andy Markowski with us at Markowski Andy. Uh, thank you to him with the uh, kind words. So punch me in the face during the break. Mm-hmm. About that, when when did it, it, it broke during your midday nap? Oh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> note to self: cue cards for Schmidt, <laughs> basic info, and Andy was kind. He could have hammered me on that. Well, get healthy, Husker women. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. So big whiff on my part. Uh, note to self, pay attention. God bless Andy Markowski for letting me down easy. Dan tweets in. Uh, about, uh, oh yeah, the Rutgers game is off due to COVID protocol. Why ask the Rutgers question, you dumbass? Uh, And he tweets uh, the gif of uh, Dumb and Dumber where Jim Carrey, we landed on the moon? Really? (laughs) (laughs) Kent emails in, at least you have your Sportscaster of the Year award already. And they can't take it back. (laughs) Fair point. I feel like Larry King, when he asked Seinfeld about his show getting canceled, 
it clearly Seinfeld did not get canceled. <laughs> they they stopped it. All right. So uh, a thousand apologies for lack of awareness and horrific preparation. <laughs> Both hands up. Forgive me. They, they should have sent you an email at least. I'm they, sure they, they did. I just. But this is where you play it off. They only put it up on Twitter. Last I checked. I'm sure they sent out an email. I mean, if they didn't, I, I have Twitter. Should have checked it. It's all good. We can have fun with it. We can poke fun. Happens to the best of them. And right now, somebody needs to jump across the table at me like Seinfeld did to Larry King. Are you alive? <laughs> <laughs> Do you prepare? I try. Uh, John's on the line. John, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Yes, congratulations. And I don't know how long we'll be able to keep you here. I just feel that you're going to go way far in your profession. But my you, comment sir. was, you're welcome. I, I enjoy listening to you all the time, even in the morning show. But my thing is, Tim Miles had been to the big show twice. Tim Miles comes here, and he goes to the big show. In 2017, Hoiberg was voted and fired by the Bulls, and he was rated by your station, ESPN Sports, as the worst coach in the NBA. I'm wondering what in the heck is going on at Nebraska hiring somebody of this caliber that doesn't have any good credentials. And and I'm going to sort of ask you a question. You know, you said yesterday, well, they need to have better defense. Well, when they <laughs> hired him, you would hope he would be able to come in and do offense and defense. And I never could figure out why we hired Doc back in here when he wasn't good enough when he was here. Different role. A lot to unpack there, John. I'll say this. I disagree with the credentials part. And I say that because the, the past credentials say Iowa State was floundering. Fred Hoiberg goes to Iowa State. They go to the NCAA tournament. They win several Big 12 championships. They were a force, not a not a not an elite, an elite eight or a final four, but they were really sure. good, and he attracted NBA talent there. So there's your credentials. He's recycled from the NBA. Uh, Fred just didn't get it done in Chicago. He'd be the first to tell you that. But I don't know that you can. And if you talk to Bulls fans, they they were not always pleased with him. But I don't think they can. You can put a thousand percent blame on him either based on personnel, roster management, and injuries. You can call those excuses. I, I have one more comment. Sure. I agree with you. I agree wholeheartedly in what you said. Okay? All I know is I'm closer to 80 than I am to 70. And all the people that I know that have been Nebraska fans for over 60 years basketball, they're not happy in what they're seeing, and they don't see any hope that this will change. And, I, and I've called – this is the first time I've been very critical. I've called in and asked for your advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me some encouragement, you know, yada, yada, yada. I don't and, have any encouragement for you because I don't think this gets better. But I, okay. don't think, I don't think you have a change at the end of the season because of the buyout. I understand. Thank you very Thanks, much. John. Congratulations. Appreciate, appreciate you. Thanks, John. Listen, it should be better. Fred is better than this. And – what worked before everyone adopted let's go get portal let's get transfer market let's let's go find some hired guns mesh them with our high school talent and go that route well 
when Fred left for the NBA, everyone started going portal or transfer. Miles did it, and Miles did it exquisitely when you look at Petaway and Walt, when you look at Palmer and Cope. I mean, Nebraska's used the Fred Hoiberg playbook from his Iowa State days. What you can't count for, what you can't, you don't count on is the issue of, of at some point, guys going rogue and continue to allowed to be rogue. Okay. Now he started pulling guys for mistakes or bad shots, but there's still a little bit of that old feeling left in them where they revert back to trying to, to make the winning play. And why are they trying to make the winning play? Is it for me or for we? I think they want to win, but I think they want to get to the league. So what's what's the reasoning? And you'll force it. This team is great at forcing it and not seizing the moment. And he's a good offensive coach. When people listen to him, his system works. I don't think they emphasize defense enough. And defensively, it's all about heart and want to. And you've got a lot of guys for a lot of their careers, wherever they've been, not all of them, but some of them, They've lived off just playing one way, and that's just offensive-minded. And it's hard to come back and and be the angry parent and lay down the law when you didn't nip it in the bud from the get-go as far as what your priorities are. How are you going to win? You're going to win with experienced guys, big people, and tough defense and being physical in the Big Ten. That's not what this team is. And Fred's got to find a way – to, to bring in the right people character-wise as far as they're, they're concerned about winning first. And if, winning, if we win, uh, my pro aspirations will take care of themselves. And, it, and it's been your offer on, on a lot of your additions. Not that there's bad individual talent, but it doesn't help the collective group. And, and the question, I think, is going to become very popular among, on social media among conversations between friends uh, is a, a conversation that we've been hearing with Husker football now for years which was was it wrong to fire Bo Pelini was Nebraska making a mistake there it's the you're same gonna, question you want to go to the Timmy Miles take was it wrong to fire Tim Miles when Tim Miles was fired and that's why I brought up that question with Andy of, of is the Big Ten just that much more difficult now like uh, was Bill Moose trying to be trying to make a splash did he, did he not understand the culture of the university where the basketball program is expected to be by the fan base it, it just uh, I don't know uh, and it's hard to be that revisionist history guy saying well he was wrong to fire Miles because I don't think his program was necessarily trending upwards um, but now that you can see three years of, of Fred Hoiberg you can see how difficult it is to actually build a program I, I, you know what in a million years I would not have guessed it would have gone so south, mm-hmm. so 180. When you're making a change, you don't want to go from inconsistency to bad, but you have, and it's been with the personnel decisions. At least when, again, we're going to armchair quarterback this thing. At least when, when Tim brought guys in, they're pretty good, and they'd build up to something, right? You got hot, you had Craig Smith here, and you had three guys at least for a at least for for a month in Siobhan and Walt and in, in Turan all play together and you saw how well it worked where guys were getting their touches you had some good role guys 
and it was it was nice. I think Gallegos was here hitting some threes, right, to stretch it. And then you, you build up and you kind of got hosed in a, in a down Big Ten year where you go 10 and 6 and you don't get into the freaking NCAA tournament. You end up going to the NIT with Palmer and Cope. The problem is, is, is Tim had years where he had, he had back-to-back seasons where you have the same cast of characters that achieve success once. They didn't follow it up. That was tough. So... And then I think he had a personality conflict with him and the Moose. And Bill Moose, as much fun as he was, Bill Moose was all about getting that recognition and pat on the back and being the man that can walk into a room and I'm going to go land that big fish. And it, it, it was the two hires you, you screamed for as a Nebraska fan, because of what was going on, you weren't happy with basketball, go get Fred. Fred did it at Iowa State. It'll work. No, it hasn't yet. The fit hasn't been right. No, and, and it's it's absolutely it's, it, it's, it's crazy to think it, it didn't work, and there's going to be smarter basketball minds than me that are out there saying, well, I told you it wouldn't have worked, and they may be Miles apologists, but hell no. If you go back in time in the DeLorean, you don't you don't make a change. Maybe you make a change, but if you knew this is going to be the path that was, you don't bring Fred in. You go find a different coach. And that's that's the, the question here with Trev, not only with buyout, but are there some names out there? Is there a guy like Turgeon? Do you, do you throw a Brinks truck at Dana? And I, I know it's a stupid thought to say, well, there's Oregon, there's Nebraska, but you know Dana's a Nebraska guy. Not that that matters any Maybe that doesn't matter because he's Dana's killing it, right? Especially now, they're, Oregon's one of the hottest basketball teams there is, and he's had great success there. But it's it, it's just crazy to to think about where this is and where it's gone, and it needs to be more hands on by the head guy who knows basketball and who knows basketball talent. He is rubber stamped the let's go get Teddy buckets, let's go get um, the JUCO guy. Oh, you're uh, one. The point Jarvis guard, Green. Oh no, Cam Mack. Yeah, let's go get Cam Mack, and now you, you have a guy in Verge, right? I mean, you're seeing the same issue, okay? Of you bring in a, a guy that's talent, but how does that talent fit into this puzzle? And it, it isn't. You go get a five star McGowan's, who the kid's awesome. I mean, he is so gifted and talented that he shouldn't have to be the man, even though he does have the five star ranking. His brother's injury didn't help things. The guy that's helping drag this team forward from a competitiveness and a heart standpoint is Walker, right? So it, it is it is misses by whoever's telling Fred, this is the guy, these are the guys we need, here's who we should go get, here's what they're going to do, and it's under-delivered. It's quite, quite frankly flopped uh, with what you're supposed to be seeing from a guy like uh, Tomanaga, uh, from three-point land versus what you're getting from him. And not to just single him out. He hustles and tries, and there is some talent. Clearly, I can't hit threes. <laughs> but it, it's not translated at all. At all. Uh, some emails here on uh, transfer quarterback questions. Good email from Jeff. We'll maybe put in our back pocket for tomorrow about what Casey Thompson can be for Nebraska. Uh, a jock doc's on the way. Uh, take some more of your emails and calls. Chris at ALVarsity.com, 466 3776. 
Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back in Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. Dr. Doug Tavis with us. Dr. Doug, you geared up for some uh, NFL playoffs this weekend. Yeah, it was a lot of fun watching those games this weekend, uh, even though some of them were blowouts. But, man, such good football. Uh, incredible football. A lot of quarterbacks to uh, to take a look at. And one of the teams that started hot and then faded was Arizona and uh, a very crushing injury uh, with the Rams and Cardinals. Buda Baker, the card safety, sustaining a serious injury and was carted off. And this uh, was uh, – uh, kind of a, a bang-bang play with uh, Cam Akers heading into the end zone. Baker lowered his shoulder, and then it was helmet-to-helmet collision. The stretcher was brought out. Baker carted off. Dr. Doug, you've been in situations like this. Kind of take us through the steps on your end to start off with this jock doc as far as the care and the stress of the moment. Yeah, so the you know this was one of those situations where it was you know immediate you know that you could tell that that Baker was um, unconscious um, uh, even watching it on TV you know there just was there was no response immediately as he just uh, rolled over and uh, his left arm wasn't moving and so if I'm on the sidelines and I see that. Um, that's one of the times where I will go directly out onto the field. Most of the time I'll, I'll uh, wait until the athletic trainers are, are out there and, and uh, assessing things. But in that situation, we go right out onto the field, of course. And the big concern there is that with an unconscious player, uh, you have no idea whether or not that person has had a neck injury associated with um, what turns out to be a concussion. Uh, they're unconscious because of the concussion. Uh, but you have no idea if they've had a neck injury. And, uh, you know, as we were watching this game and, and we, you know, didn't see that left arm moving um, initially, it was just completely flaccid, um, that, uh, you know, was obviously a concern. So, the you know, the first thing to do is to get control of the person's neck. And so um, what I'll, I'll do is I'll be at the top of the uh, player. I'll be holding his head. And if they're unconscious, uh, then we're first trying to make sure that they're going to be able to breathe okay. And if they're breathing all right, then we're uh, going to take our time. Um, but when that player wakes up, um, that's a really scary moment because a lot of times players will wake up very violently uh, from that, uh, from that uh, concussive moment you know, where they get knocked out. And, again, if they've got a neck injury, um, and you're trying to protect their neck, and they wake up very violently, they could cause themselves more harm. 
And so uh, what you saw the other night was, was really excellent work, and, and uh, they had people all around him. They were holding him uh, just for that moment when, okay, he's going to get conscious again, and you've got to be able to keep him under control before, um, you know, before he gets to that point where he can start following instructions. And so that uh, I thought they did a great job with that, you know, that initial situation right there uh, the other night. Dr. Doug Tavis with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday, Buda Baker, our topic, uh, knocked out in the playoff game Monday night and uh, was put on a backboard, taken off the field after several tense minutes. Now, the best sight was Baker giving the thumbs up in the hospital and then a big smile uh, as he was taking a, a jet home uh, when he was uh, making his way back to Arizona. So he is okay. But uh, Dr. Doug, we, we mentioned, you mentioned just the, the, the steps, the process, and then that moment of, uh, of regaining consciousness. When we talk about the collision and just losing consciousness, is there any way on your end to tell uh, just from the from the moment from the hit about paralysis or is it simply just that waiting game um, of of when the player wakes up? Yeah, so the um, sometimes you'll get a good enough view that you'll have a concern. So as an example, um, the, uh, the the helmet to helmet collision, where an individual lowers their helmet and you know does the classic spearing maneuver with the crown of the helmet, we we you know that's been outlawed, of course, uh, in the game. And uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that that is very much an attempt to protect the player that's doing the spearing, because it's the position of the neck in a slightly flexed position when you hit with the crown of the helmet and your neck is flexed down and you have that violent collision, that's the kind of collision that can create significant trauma to the neck uh, from a neurologic perspective, you know, spinal fractures in the neck and, and paralysis. And so if I see that kind of a hit and, you know, then I, and I've got an unconscious player, yeah, my, you know, my um, concerns are significantly heightened. In the, in the injury the other night, it was more of a, a, a blow to the side of the head uh, more than it was over on the, you know, on the crown of the head. And so there was, you, know, you still have those, those same initial concerns, but, but that flexed neck position with um, you know, uh, the crown of the head hitting, that's really, the, that's really the one that just really makes you very, very concerned that you're going to be dealing with a, with a um, cervical spine injury and maybe paralysis kind of a situation. Dr. Doug, let's talk uh, following, follow-up, I should say, with, with Baker. Things look fine now. There'll be some follow-up uh, check-ins, I believe, medically. But, you know, long-term with this, how... Uh, how how concerned should Baker be because of suffering this 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 injury this concussion? Yeah, the you know he's going to be obviously in the concussion protocol uh, that's been instituted with the NFL and and of course we've all heard a lot about that over the course of the last several years and and the attempts to decrease uh, uh, those traumatic brain injuries that are you know that are occurring and eventually potentially leading to um, you know chronic injury to the brain. Um, 
I guess the way I would answer that, Chris, is that there's there's going to be times where there's multiple concussions that are known about with a player. And um, as as the multiple concussions uh, count up, that's you know when you start really getting concerned about um, uh, the potential of those longer term brain uh, problems. So I, I really don't know you know Buda Baker's um, history relative mm-hmm. to concussions, but that would certainly play a big role in it. Um, the the fact that he was knocked out doesn't necessarily. Um, uh, uh, give you an idea of the uh, the severity of the long term. Uh, we use uh, neurocognitive testing. Um, most high school players are familiar, and college players are familiar with the computerized testing uh, that's done to evaluate them after a concussion. And we use that as a more significant way of trying to understand what's going on with the person's brain. Um, and you know, if those things aren't going well, then there's then there's other things that are uh, being done, uh, looking at the metabolic activity of the brain with certain scans and that kind of thing. Um, so there there's a, a variety of different ways to be looking at this that we didn't have you know uh, several years ago. Um, so it's it's certainly better better prognosis to understand what's going on with his brain now than what it used to be. Dr. Doug Tavis with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center with Jock Doc Wednesday and Buddha Baker. Our topic is concussion. Dr. Doug, thanks for your expertise and insight on this. We'll uh, we'll get caught up again. Hi, Chris. You have a great rest of your day. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, many thanks to Mike Babcock and Mike Schuhart for joining us in Hour 1. Eddie Markowski uh, with us this hour. Tomorrow on the show, we'll get the full NFL thought on Buffalo as uh, them in Kansas City are set to arm wrestle down in Arrowhead. And uh, former Bill, Jeremiah Searle, is going to be with us, get his take on, as he calls him, Joshy. And uh, more from Gary Barnett, uh, some news and notes with college football and uh, more potential acquisitions for Nebraska as uh, they continue to try and round out their roster. Brandon Vogel going to be with us. We'll have Danny Burke, Burke's Best Bets, the weekend uh, full of NFL action. And I I need to talk to Will Wilson to see where we ended up. I was way off on Arizona, <laughs> clearly. People are getting on the no-second contract discussion for Kyler Murray it it sucked watching Murray's final few games because it felt like everyone just because he's not 6'4 he's like 5'9 maybe just stood back there and 
played Matumbo with every pass he was going to throw. So, yeah, way off there. But Tampa and, and L.A. should be fun. Buffalo, Kansas City, really good. We'll see if Cincinnati can be road warriors against Tennessee. And then San Fran with a banged-up Jimmy G. Go take on Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers wants to beat San Francisco by 1,000 points every time they play because uh, San Fran passed on him. He's a hometown kid. And uh, he fell all the way out and got to wait behind Favre for a couple, three, four seasons. Uh, Email in from Old Crow. Make that tweet in from Old Crow when it comes to my swing and a miss with Husker women's basketball. Uh, When you test healthy, asymptomatic college students just for fun, you get stupid outcomes. This one is on UNL policy. Mick Cronin went off the other day. UCLA's uh, coach, angry dude. I love Mick Cronin. Good ball coach. UCLA was fun last year, especially if he had him making a run. And Cronin's like, you know, talking about UCLA's misstep against Oregon. And he's like, I really hope we have a crowd. That'll be key. That is big for our players and their energy. It's... Doesn't make much sense. This is Mick Cronin talking about the fact, okay, we don't have a crowd at Pauley Pavilion, but there's 80,000 people in the stands watching the Rams in Arizona on Monday night. Can can we celebrate some progress, though? UFC this weekend has taken the step of uh, an athlete or anyone in their corner is fully vaccinated. They won't be tested uh, without showing symptoms. So that's progress Uh, with UNL. All the students that are coming back to campus to start the semester, everyone has to get tested. But mm-hmm. once the semester actually begins, there's no more random testing like there used to be. Did you get random tested? Uh, did I at UNL? Oh, a whole bunch of times. Did you? Oh, did I, they just kind of pick you out. Um, I yeah, it, it was just random. I got it's really like TSA. Like what, one semester, I had like <laughs> you. Six, I need you to come to this room with no windows. I got like six random tests one semester. I'm like, I'm not sure how random this is because I feel like I'm getting picked out here, but. Yeah, it was just you, like you get an email and you had two days to you, do it. You had your, your mustache rocking for a time that <laughs> makes you makes you look a little creepy. It's like this guy looks dirty. He probably uh-huh. has COVID. <laughs> There's COVID. You are the, you're the uh, COVID champ, though. You have survived and thrived. Mm-hmm. Well, back at it tomorrow at 4. Check out the podcast, uh, Good, Bad, or Ugly. Tell us what you think. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with Hale Varsity Radio. Talk to you tomorrow at 4. A Huda Media Production.